Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everyone. This is Eden from Talk Purpose and Truth, and Kim is here as well. Hi, Kim. Hi. I'm awesome. Happy to be here. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to this fun episode. I call it fun. I think it's going to be fun, but it's pretty serious as well. (laughs) So I'm going to jump right into it and introduce our guest. Her name is... Okay. Her name is Dr. Sarah Bivens, and she has a a history of being um, in a drug addict for the last 21 years, though she's been in recovery. So, and from that, she will tell a little bit more about her story and how she got to where she is now. But um, she was also in prison for a couple of years and she got out Um, And when she got out, she was inspired to turn her life around and she's really come a long way. I met her from uh, doing a reading for her once and we instantly became friends and (laughs) she's amazing. Um, She's now an addiction therapist specializing in underlying issues that cause addiction and sexual trauma. And she has a master's degree in clinical psychology and a PhD in clinical psychology. She runs an outpatient program for substance abuse and trauma, and she has been working with addicts for 18 years now. I, like I said, had this great privilege of getting to know her in the last few months, and she has so much to offer for our audience today, and I can't wait to get into it with her. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. (laughs) That's an amazing bio right there. Yeah, well, you're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're amazing. You've changed my life. We can talk about that later. Well, welcome and thank you for being here. And thank we would you, love Kim. we'd love to start by hearing your recovery story. Okay. Um, it's quite a story. I want to try to condense it is into as small as you know, small package because it's it's like a 23 year drug history where um, my bottom was very, very deep. I wound up, um, I started using drugs at 14 and I stopped using drugs at 34. So I was a heroin addict, a methamphetamine addict, and I ended up at the end pushing a shopping cart on the streets with methamphetamine psychosis. And I was arrested for the last uh, time before I went to prison in the year 2000. So this is, this is like decades of drug use. It's amazing that I even have sobriety. Um, I heard voices for about three years in my recovery. So when I was, so what happened was when I finally got arrested in the year 2000, I had been arrested already for 19 times. I was in and out of jail all the time for drug sales, drug dealing, you name it, it's on my record. So when the police finally arrested me, I was on the streets and I was stealing a pair of sunglasses from Macy's and I was 
talking to myself. I had shaved my head. I had a shopping cart. I was literally living on the streets at age 34, high on methamphetamine with full-blown psychosis. And the police arrested me and saved my life. And I was taken to jail for about 90 days. And then I was released to a place called the Rena B, which is in Compton. And it's a um, government-run facility. And I lasted 23 days in there and got thrown out for be behavioral issues, behavioral issues. And then um, my father had passed away and my mom and I had lost contact for years and years and years. And she let me come home. She let me come to her house. And I moved into her house after being estranged from my family for years and years and years. And she had a rule. She had one rule. She said, you have one chance. You can stay sober and live with me, or you can use drugs and go eat out of dumpsters. And I stayed sober, but I had a lot of behavioral issues. And I got caught after a year sober, stealing a cookie from Albertson supermarket. When I was walking out of Albertson supermarket, I was on formal probation. And I, instead of paying for the sugar cookie, I walked out and got in my car and the manager of Albertsons wrote down my license plate number and um, they created a police report and the district attorney picked up this case. And I was, um, I was literally sent to prison for two years for the sugar cookie case, hmm. but it was, it was a probation violation. So when I got up to prison, they called me the cookie monster. I was, mm. Yeah, there, I was made fun of in prison for this case because it was ridiculous. It was a, a petty theft case. But the judge in Pasadena said in, in the entire courtroom, she said, no, I'm sending this one to, to prison. Sarah is going to prison. And I was like, this is this was an unbelievable moment because my probation officer was there. I had all these people campaigning. Look at her. She's she's sober. Uh, she was on the streets. I mean, this great story. And, and the judge, her name was Judith. She just said, nope, state prison for you. Hmm. And I went up to prison for two years. I did the entire two years. And in the first couple of weeks, I was super angry. And I was, I felt like a victim and it was a very, very scary place. I was up in Chowchilla. And then over the course of time, it started to occur to me that I was there for bigger reasons and that I wasn't there for the sugar cookie. I was there for 21 years of, of madness and, and drug addiction and crimes that were never, you know, that I was never caught for. So I, I have a story where the incarceration model worked. Prison mm -hmm. worked for me. Yeah. If I didn't go to prison, I wouldn't be Sarah. I wouldn't be the Sarah that I am today. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, up there and in there feel differently and feel that it was an abusive environment. I was sent to about four different prisons. So I've been down to CIW where the Manson murderers are. I met one of them who runs the library down at CIW. She was very unpleasant. Um, then I was up in Chowchilla for a while, which is a, a, a very serious place where there's a lot of women in there for killing their kids and murderers. And then I was in a um, a prison called Live Oaks, which was low security. And that was a, that was the greatest experience I had. They made me the, um, 
the baker there. So I was going to get out and, and run a bakery in Compton and be the first white girl in, in Compton running a bakery, making uh, organic muffins. I had this great idea. <laughs> and what happened eventually in prison is rather than fighting and, and getting into, I, I really stuck out like a sore thumb because I didn't have tattoos. I wasn't part of a gang. I didn't come from a, you know that kind of street life. So I, I, it was challenging in there. I was not accepted. And what started to happen I, is I just be, started to become the counselor on the yard. Uh, people would come to me with their cases and their problems and we, uh, we would be sitting down and hashing it out. And, you know, why did I kill my husband? And I mean, I just turned into the prison counselor. And for two years, that, that just kind of landed in my lap. And when I got out of prison, they made me do the whole two years. When I got out, I went to a halfway house for six months. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. I picked up an eating disorder and I couldn't even get a job at Walmart. I couldn't get a job at Denny's. I was 36 years old and I had absolutely nothing going for me. I, I had a prison record. I have felonies. I, I was not able to pass any kind of background check for anything. So I was up against a very big struggle. I had lost the ability to maybe get married and have children. I, I was broken. I was, I was a complete catastrophe. And my mom said, well, since you know so much about drugs, why don't you uh, go and become a drug counselor? And I said, oh, okay. My mom's a therapist. She's an MFT. So that's what I did. I went and got a credential at UCLA. Then I went on to go and apply for a master's degree in clinical psychology. And I accomplished that with a 4.0. And then I decided I wasn't smart enough and I didn't want to stop at the master's degree. And I, I'll never forget the morning I came into my mom's living room and I said, I'm going to try to become a doctor. And she said, no, you're not, you're not smart enough for that. Hmm. And I said, you could be right, but I'm going to, I'm going to try it anyway. She said, you're climbing much too high of a ladder, Sarah. And I don't think you're smart enough to do that. And you have to understand that all of my 21 years of substance abuse were primarily around my issues of feeling stupid, feeling like an imposter in the world. I was adopted. I was not very good in school. This is a huge undertaking for someone like me. I was always a stoner and a, and a, and a fuck up. So going to get a PhD, this was out of the realm of of anything that that my mom or or me actually could ever imagine and i decided to go ahead and do it anyway and apply for the doctorate and seven years later got the doctorate and then opened my own substance abuse outpatient program state certified and i also run a nonprofit counseling center it's been a miracle and the work that I did was, I was telling Eden, was through Sigmund Freud. I did, I went to depth analysis institutes where I studied the deepest, deepest, deepest manner of psychological study possible. And that's Sigmund Freud. And so that's what uh, Eden and I got started talking about was I, I'm heavily focused on Freud's theory of that which gets repressed gets expressed. 
You're not letting me ask you my question, though. Hold on. Okay, do it. <laughs> Repetition compulsion. Do it. Do it. Okay. Do it. Okay. <laughs> well, you kind of already said it, but yes, whatever gets is repressed gets expressed. That is Freud's theory. And um, we do want you to expand on that. Give us some examples of what can happen when people cover up their pain. Let's do two. Let's do two examples. First okay. one being the most obvious one, which, which would be substance abuse. Um, nobody comes to the table with drug addiction and doesn't have a iceberg going on, which is what you see on top is the heroin addiction. And then the iceberg below is all the trauma, all the issues, all the, all the self injuries, all the self-esteem issues, all the toxic toxic childhood trauma. So my work getting people clean and sober is getting into all that repressed material because you're not using heroin, you're not using speed, you're not shooting dope because you, you, you don't have issues. So I, I, I believe in getting that. I, I have shovels in my office. You come in and you do the deep dig. I'll give you another really good example of repression, which I'm seeing a lot of lately. And that's the collapse of people's marriages. Um, I deal with a lot of midlife crisis material where people come to me. I'm uh, buying a red Corvette. I, I'm getting a girlfriend. I'm leaving my 20 year marriage. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I do a deep dive into what's real, what's really going on. What's really going on in that moment, because half the time people in their forties and, and, early 50s, even late 30s, you could be experiencing something that Freud was talking about and, and, and repressing, repressing the unconscious and expressing it later in life by doing something catastrophic, like sabotaging a marriage, sabotaging a relationship, acting out in some way. I'm not always convinced that the midlife crisis needs to continue needs to go on, needs to ruin the marriage, needs to break up the family. Most of the time I'm in there getting the, the job done on, on uncovering childhood material that's causing the, the, um, the marriage to, to fall apart because that's where the acting out is. And you can be projecting, which is another great term, psychological term, you could be projecting on onto the marriage something that's inside of you that has nothing to do with the marriage. It has everything to do with your, your unmet needs, your unresolved conflicts. And that is the primary stuff that needs to be looked at before you go in and, and, and put a, a time bomb down on a, on a relationship that's been in place for years, especially when there's kids. Right. So, well, you know, some, a lot of people come to my office for substance abuse and then we end up getting inside of saving the marriage instead. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, your story is amazing. Like you need to write a book if you haven't already. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. In the works. In the works, right? In the works. Um, but but regarding that, I, I think that's really fascinating. And I've been seeing that um in my coaching with couples as well. Um how do you stop couples from making the wrong choices in their marriage? And what's the key to helping them heal their relationship? Oh my God. First of all, getting in the room with at least one of the, the couples, 
one of the one so, of the spouses. You yes, mean? yeah. Not both? If, if I can't get both of them in the room, I've got mm. one of them in the room. If I don't have one of them in the room, I have the other one in the room. And then all of a sudden, we're all in the room. Mm. Yeah, I I'm not the kind of therapist where I go I go along with the ride. I go along with the show. You come to my office and you say you want to blow up your 20 year marriage because you're just not feeling it. I, I'm going down into the areas that you probably don't want to hear, but you know that you need to hear. I am not a co-signer. It's funny because my friends, they call me the kick-ass therapist. Um, I'm motherly and maternal. People just cling to me, but I'm also the kind of person that, that really gets down to business to figure out what are you, what are we really doing here? Is this per, is this really a solid purpose? Are you really out of love with this person? Are you really packing up and moving away from this relationship for all the right reasons? Most of the time you, I will get the answer of no. And as a matter of fact, I got a phone call just recently from someone two, two years ago, he got on the phone and he said, Sarah, I should have listened to you. I want her back. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I'm he's in Northern Dakota somewhere with, with a new life. He can't stand it. He's like, what I should have, should have, should have listened to you. I get those calls all the time. And I say, you know, a day late dollar short, you know, that, that other person has moved on. And some of us are experiential learners where we have to go and screw things up and then, you know, come, come to the table later when it's too late. But I try to avoid that by getting the, the questions answered. You know, what happened to you in childhood? What's currently going on that all of a sudden you are claiming to be out of love with this person that you have loved for so long? So you, time, you believe that child, childhood trauma has creates a something to do crisis. with this? Uh, it creates a midlife crisis. Why on earth would you even need a midlife crisis if you've got your work fixed, if you've got your personality organized? There, there would be no need for a midlife crisis. Hmm. It'd be going strong and smooth. Everything would be making sense. A midlife crisis is Freud's best evidence that there's been some toxic material that's been repressed. Some people don't know they're in a midlife crisis, though. They sure don't. They sure don't. They think that dopamine that's going on, they think that dopamine rush, that 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 addiction to the new scenario is real. They've got it fixed in their in their minds like, oh, I'm going to have this this life of a of a 20 year old or I'm going to be doing something amazing. That's you know, there's another thing that, that goes on is that I'm a failed actress. Right. I wanted to be an actress. I, it, I failed at that. I became a drug addict in, instead. My, my moves on the chessboard of relationships were very affected by my feelings of failure. Inadequacy. Inadequacy, not, not meeting my own expectations. And I took it out on my partners. I mm. married the wrong person. I got involved with the wrong people. And that was that imposter syndrome, you know, that I was living a complete lie, you know, it, led by narcissism. I'm a big big fan of getting into the narcissistic material. I think we can easily get into narcissism later on in life only because behind a nar behind the narcissist lives a person this big. I do a lot of projective drawings and when people give me a person that's this big, you know, 
that's that's a sign of inadequacy. Narcissism is is a deep seated feeling of not being enough. And and then the narcissism is projected out onto hurting the family, getting a lover, um, cheating on the spouse, um, drug use, at acting out behaviors later in life. I mean, all of this stuff is is what Freud was talking about. Mm-hmm. Freud, Freud had it right. Whatever gets repressed ends up getting expressed no matter what. Yeah, in either an unhealthy way or healthy way. At, at 50 years old, at 12 years old, for me, for, at 14 years old, I'm always a work in progress. You bet. Most of the people on earth don't haven't been in therapy. Yeah, and then speaking to that, how does someone know if they're with the right therapist? Well, first, first thing is, if you feel good every time you leave your therapist's office, you're in trouble. You're, you're with the wrong therapist. <laughs> that, that, that's the first red flag. Oh, I can't wait for my therapy appointment. I'm so excited. Wrong therapist. <laughs> I get people walking in the door saying, I didn't want to come today. And I was like, that's good. That's a good sign. That means we're doing the real work. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, therapists want to keep their clients. They want to keep them sick. They want to keep them on the caseload. They want to, they want to keep the conversation going because that's how they're paying their bills. I'm not into that. I'm, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't roll like that. I'm going to tell you, I, my door has been slammed more times than it's been opened. Mm, but you heal people. Of course they yeah. come back. Of course. Yeah. When you're in the room with truth, you want more of it. When right, you're in the room it. with, co- when you're in the room with co-signing, eventually that's going to collapse. That's the system. That's not going to pan out. And, the, and it's funny because the therapist will eventually get fired anyway, because you, you'll be saying, well, you, you haven't helped me. You're just making my life worse by co-signing everything and not telling it like it is. Kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, I know, to- right? A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of helpful information for a lot of people right now, especially. Yeah. Uh, and I think the pandemic just brought out stuff that yeah. Maybe would have come out later anyways. You're really smart to say that, Kim. This pandemic has caused more disruption in people's marriages and relationships because finally they're together alone in the house and they can't get out. And then all of a sudden they're picking each other apart. And 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 my, my phone has been ringing off the hook with couples reaching out saying, you know, so, somebody's fallen off the, the wagon or... Somebody wants a divorce or, I mean, this has caused a lot of upheaval mm-hmm. and I encourage people before you yeah. sign any divorce documents to see at least a few different therapists and get a few different opinions. Get right. as much, get, because that is a final document. That is a final move to say, I'm divorcing you. Yeah. That is so permanent because what happens afterwards with affairs, sometimes people don't forgive, you know, make sure you, I I always encourage people to see more than one therapist, go get some more opinions on this. Yeah. Like a doctor for sure. Oh yeah. Hmm. So on another note, we have about 10 minutes left and I am very curious to know how did you said Eden changed your life? How did Eden change your life? (laughs) Wow. Oh my God. 
So I've been to more therapists than, than you can count on fingers and toes. And I have never had an experience like I had with, with Eden. And, and it was on the phone and it was in the first 10 minutes. I don't know what happened. I was having a nervous breakdown. I was, I was suicidal and I was on death's door. First of all, I'm going through the worst divorce in human history. And then I lost my brother. My brother died of the disease of alcoholism. I was, and I have a very dear friend that said, you know what, you, you need to call this woman named Eden. And, and I did, and Eden changed my life. We had a reading, we got some confirmation from, from the other side. And I, I, I'm going to tell you something that I was not very spiritual before. And I am completely tuned into the spirit world now. And it happened with Eden and I'm 55 years old and I've been through hell. And you'd think that, that I got all my shit together by now. And she changed my life within that one first reading. It gave me some sort of feeling that I was protected, that I'm doing, that I'm on the right course, that staying on the planet is the right thing to do. Yeah. She saved me from a very hopeless state of mind. It's a miracle, an absolute miracle. <laughs> yeah. And I and and she listened to me because you yeah. see the strong personality that she has. Yeah, she well, the you, only you know, you had ever, a gift. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she said I'm the only person that she's ever really listened to. No, and, right. It, it reminds absolutely. me, you know what, Sarah? It reminds me of my dad. He's been on the show a while ago, but he had never been to a therapist in his life, still hasn't you know, read spiritual books and personal development, but didn't really get help for things. Yeah. And one reading with Eden healed like 30 years of stuff for him. Like he shifted completely from that. That's exactly how I feel, Kim. That is exactly how I feel. I feel like the hell that I've been through is, is, is over. <laughs> I, I mean, that that's a miracle because my life has been a dumpster dive. It's been absolute one catastrophe after another. And it, sh that was an amazing experience. My dad showed up, my birth dad showed up, my brother showed up, some other famous people showed up. I mean, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was astonishing. And some things were said that only, only I knew. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was blown away because she doesn't know me from Adam. So she said some things that only I knew. And that was a, a big time confirmation that this yeah. is, this is very real. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're a healer too, Kim. Yeah. Well, she helps me a lot and we help each other. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I've listened to you too on the podcast. You're a big time healer. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we all want to say something. Well, I was going to say Sarah has shared our podcast episodes with some of her groups that she works with, the people yes, that she. Amazing. Yeah, I have, I have a huge TV in my group room and I have been blasting you guys every single week. We're doing one. We did the attachment theory when you guys did attachment theory, because that's my mm -hmm. entire master's degree. And you guys nailed that one. So that was up there and everybody was like. Oh my God, Dr. Sarah, that's what you always teach us. And I was like, yep, these two are on point. Mm. 
Are you gonna Are you gonna share this episode with them? No, I'll be too scared. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be too shy. Uh, yeah you're a big of course i will of course i will oh okay yeah Yeah. you look amazing you look amazing and you're such an inspiration that thank you anyone can achieve what they want if they want it bad enough if they and sometimes hitting bottom can be a gift you know you know what that's exactly right that's it i and i want people to know that because heroin addiction methamphetamine pushing a shopping cart on the streets most people feel like they can never get clean and they can never climb the mountain. But I, I have to be living proof, and especially right now with so much drug addiction. Right. So I want people to know that, you know, there's hope for this. You can absolutely restore your personality. And people would be so blessed to have be able to work with you because you, it, just like you say about me, I think you are a healer, too, and you will help. You've helped so many people. Thank you. And I'm handing out your phone number left and right too, but I know you're <laughs> also very packed and busy. <laughs> Thank you. So how can people find you? Um, uh, call me on my cell phone. Best way. Okay. Cause you're not on social media, right? Oh, no. Nope. So just put my cell phone up there. That's the best way to contact me. And I okay. have a website. So oh, you have a website. What's your website? www.soberstages.com. Okay. That okay. works. Yeah. Awesome. All right. You okay. guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story so authentically. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. You're amazing. And Kim, let's share about our new website. Yeah. Ooh. We're excited. We have been doing this podcast for over two years. And we decided besides our social media pages, we wanted to let people go further into exploring and have a one-stop shop for finding episodes. And so it's, we got our domain, talkpurposeandtruth.com. Yeah. Purposeandtruth.com. Talkpurposeandtruth.com. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Yes. So everybody check it out and let us know your thoughts. Love it. And, um, We're just excited to release this episode and hear everybody's feedback and we'll let you know and everyone else will see you next week. Right on. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Bye-bye. For more information on Eden, go to edensustin.com. For more information on Kim, go to kimlifecoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.